Hello, and welcome to the Wavebreak Podcast. If you're new here, I'm your host, Dylan Kelly, and every Monday, I interview the people behind the top Shopify stores to figure out what they're doing to take their stores to the next level and how you can do the same. Today on the show, I have Abby Walker, who runs Vivian Liu. Her brand has been featured in several top publications, and it has more than doubled in the last year. Stay tuned to hear her story. This episode is brought to you by my consultancy, Wavebreak. We help Shopify stores maximize their email marketing revenue. Is your email marketing stuck? Do you feel like you could be doing it better? I put together a free 31-point email revenue checklist that lays out exactly what you need to do to take your email marketing to the next level. Get the free checklist at emailrevenuechecklist.com. That's emailrevenuechecklist.com. Thanks for coming on the show, Abby. Thanks so much for having me. So to get started, I guess, can you explain like what Vivian Liu is and, and what you sell? Sure. So <laughs> Vivian Liu is an e-commerce site um, on the Shopify platform, and we are a single product site and we sell insoles for high heels. So we sell two versions of an insole, um, a, our classic insole and our couture insole, and they promise to empower women to wear high heels four times longer without pain. What motivated you to start this business? Like, how'd you come up with the idea for that? Sure. So it's kind of a crazy story. So um, I don't own the patent. (laughs) I don't own the patent on this product. Um, I am the exclusive distributor now worldwide of this consumer product. And how it came to be was I um, launched a blog in 2012. And uh, it was called Mama's Shoes. And I wear high heels every day. So it was just literally my escape from corporate America and writing about high heels. And in 2014, I wrote a blog post about foot sprays that are designed to alleviate pain and reduce inflammation, which were was phenomenal in concept, but not necessarily in reality. So when I looked at the ingredients, I was less than impressed with what was in some of these. And so I decided to formulate my own foot spray. Long story short, we came up with this amazing foot spray ingredients um, list and formula, but uh, we aren't able or weren't able to manufacture mass manufacture it. So heartbroken, um, I continued to do market research and I stumbled across a forum where two women were talking about this insole called Insolia insoles. And I was like, oh my gosh, if this insole can prevent pain, there's no need for my foot spray. And why have I never heard of this product? So I actually picked up the phone and called the chairman of the company. And uh, his response was, well, we're a bunch of MIT engineers trying to market this product to women. And uh, I offered to take a cut of incremental sales and help him market it. And he came back and said, well, why don't you become our exclusive distributor? So I honestly had no intentions of starting an e-commerce store um, at that exact point. Sure, I was manufacturing or looking to manufacture a foot spray, but this opportunity literally fell into my lap and uh, away we went. <laughs> so, no way. Uh, That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was it was pretty nuts. Pretty nuts. So, so like, what, what was your day job back then? So I, uh, at the time, was uh, in marketing for a um, company that formulated holistic supplements. So my background is in corporate communications and marketing. Um, so uh, really B2B. I had very little B2C experience. Um, and uh, But away we went. I was drinking from the fire hose and Googled a lot. <laughs> So like, yeah, what was that process like, like going from like, 
all right, you find these guys who are making this awesome product and they're like, hey, you want to help us market it? Or And then like, how did you think like, oh yeah, I do want to do that. Like how, like, what was your thought process with that? That's a great question. So I actually was, I feel like it was a divine intervention that I got this opportunity. So f- when I started my shoe blog in 2012, I honestly was looking for an outlet. Like I felt like I was losing my soul in corporate America and I had lost my identity and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew I didn't want to be stuck behind a desk for the rest of my life. And so, um, I was so excited about this foot spray because I was like, this is going to, you know, allow me to leave corporate America. Um, and when it fell apart, I was like, oh no. But then when this opportunity presented itself, it was a much more well thought out product. There's so much science behind it. It's a proven product that worked. And it literally was my, it was almost as if I was being handed a ticket to leave corporate America. And I was so incredibly excited <laughs> and grateful for the opportunity. Wow. That's awesome. So you didn't have any experience really like marketing a consumer product before the this gig fell into your lap? So I was in marketing for a company that, like I said, manufactured holistic supplements and they operated three online stores. So um, I didn't operate any of the e-commerce side of things, but I helped like with a social, you know, social media platforms and trying, what I really did was focused on how to get our product into wholesale channels. So while I did have hand, my hands on some, uh, one consumer product, which were the, these holistic supplements, it was more like building the, the wholesale channel, um, not necessarily doing the e-commerce side or really of the, the social marketing side of things. Um, so I had dipped my toe into it, but I literally was coming into this opportunity blind. Ah, okay, okay. And now, like, after you had this opportunity, did you, like, jump into it full-time right away, or, like, when did you leave your job? (laughs) So I, um launched this company in October of 2014. And at the time I conveniently called it my hobby business um, because I was working full time and I was kind of embarrassed because I didn't know what I was doing and I didn't have a lot of money to throw into the website design and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't very well put together because it was homegrown. So I called it my hobby business. Um, And I think when you call your business a hobby business, the universe treats it like a hobby. (laughs) So um, it was my hobby until um, 2016. That's really when kind of things started to shift for me. So I had the unique privilege of actually pitching Mindy Grossman, who is the CEO of HSN at the time, in late 2015. And um, in January, March, and April of last year, I actually sold out selling my insoles on air um, on HSN. So once that happened, I knew that there was a tremendous market. If I could sell out in HSN, I knew I had a tremendous business opportunity um, across you know, all platforms. And I just really needed to hunker down and figure out how to do it. So um, I really wrapped my mind around um, you know, what it needed to take to build this as a significant business. And in September of last year, I was able to cover my lost corporate salary. So I quit my full-time job in May of 2016. I convinced my husband <laughs> to let me quit um, after selling out on HSN three times because I'm like, there is a business here. I just need to figure it out and work on it full-time. And then in September of last year, I was able to cover my lost corporate salary. That's awesome. So like, yeah. okay, so you knew you had this product that was successful with selling out on HSN. Like, what was it like taking it? Because like, just because you're selling on HSN doesn't mean you can sell off your own website like hotcakes. Right. So, right. So walk me so through true. that. How'd you, how'd you build up the business? 
So I was really determined to figure things out. And I had hired a firm out of New York to help me with some Google AdWords. It failed. Um, I had hired a firm to help me with some Facebook ads. It failed. So I um, was determined to figure it out myself. Like I wasn't going to rely on other experts to try and figure out what was working and what wasn't working. So I was hell bent on figuring out how to make it work. And I had tested Facebook ads. And there was one Facebook ad that I was spending $10 a day spend on uh, spend and I was getting a $40 a day return. And so I was like, that's pretty good, but I'm really nervous, like upping that spend. So I called, um, my old boss who operates these online stores for the holistic supplements. And he's like, Abby, if you are spending $10 and getting a $40 return, that's huge. Like, why haven't you bumped your spend to a hundred dollars a day? So sure enough, like I started to boost my, uh, spend on Facebook and, um, I'll be quite honest and say that Facebook ads have really, um, spurred my business growth. It's been tremendous. So I rely heavily on Facebook ads. Yeah. I think that's true for a lot of businesses too. Like, um, they do a lot of Facebook ads and like, they're super effective if you can really nail them down. Yeah. And it's a lot of, and it's a lot of testing. So, So you know, there was a while there. Yeah. Like, I mean, and I was doing it all myself and I still have my hands in everything because, um, you know, you could test an ad, you could test three ads in a day, you know, and two of them tank and one, you know, takes off or you could test 10 ads in a day. I mean, it's just nuts how much testing goes into, um, Facebook ads. So for anyone trying to get into Facebook ads, would that be your advice? Just like test, test, test. Yes, but I would test small. So don't start with a big budget because you can easily <laughs> drain your bank accounts testing, sure. t- testing Facebook ads. So even to this day, I still launch really small, like $10 a day spent, even though I could spend a lot more than that. Um, you learn a lot spending $10 a day. And even if you have one ad that you test and it doesn't convert in two days, take it down and launch one more $10 ad. You know, you don't need to have multiples going if you have a small budget, just test one ad and then another ad and then another ad. But, um, yeah, I, I, I have seen a tremendous uptick in business and it's all thanks to Facebook ads. How do you know if a Facebook ad is successful? The only metric I look at is I set my Facebook ads up for conversions. I don't care if I get likes. I don't care if I get impressions. I don't care if I get any interaction or engagement. The only engagement I want with my Facebook ad is a conversion. So I set my Facebook ads up for conversions. And then the only metric I look at is cost per acquisition or cost per order. So how much did it cost me running this ad to get in order. And I have a budget, I have like a target that I want all of my ads to fit under. So I don't run ads if I can't get them to convert at less than $10. So $10 is like kind of my threshold. The most I want to spend to get a sale is $10. All right, cool. And like, what's your like average order value? Um, it, it, well, it's gone up since I've launched our couture version, but it's, it's varies between like 45 and $50. That's cool. So uh, have you been using any other marketing strategies besides Facebook ads? Um, so really minimal spend on Google AdWords every day. Um, but there is pretty good conversion there. Um, like I spend less than 60 bucks a day on Google AdWords and then email marketing. Um, so, um, I have a pretty big list now. Um, and so I send out an email every week and it kind of goes against the, uh, typical, uh, typical, um, 
I guess, practice, but uh, my highest converting day for emails is Sundays. <laughs> so no, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, which is which is odd. You know, most people are like Tuesdays or Thursdays or whatnot. But for some reason, Sunday seemed to be a really good performing day for me. So we send out an email every Sunday. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on your audience too, right? So um, yeah. like some people, they get off work at 5 p.m. Like then that that's a good time to send an email for that audience. But if they have kids and a family, maybe it's like 9 p.m. or a Sunday, like you said. Um Yep. Because, yeah, it's yeah. Just, everyone's different. It depends. But that's interesting that you found that. How big is your email list? Um, right now, it's about 90,000. Yeah, that's pretty good. How have you built that up? Is it just past customers or? Um, so we, uh, I offer a 15% discount if you sign up for my email list on my website. And I've been doing that since I launched. So women who are interested in my product, they put in their um email address and get sent a coupon and whether or not they take advantage of that, they're on my list. So, um, and I've also tested, I've actually had really good success with a pop-up that actually, if you're on my site for more than, I think it's 20 seconds, there's a pop-up that says, do you want to get a 15% discount now? And they put in their um, email address and then it automatically shows them the discount code. So they don't have to wait for their email to show up, um, which has worked really well too. Yeah, I worked with a client in the cosmetic space and like they had a similar pop-up like that, just on a timer for like 20, 30 seconds. Like, oh, do you want 10% off converted? Like they had a list of like 90,000 and like, I don't know, it was like crazy fast uh, yeah. from doing that. That's that's a really great strategy. Let's, just, let's jump back a little. Like, so besides uh, HSN, you've been featured in a lot of other big publications like Oprah's Magazine and USA Today. You were on The View. Like, um, yep. how did that happen? Sure. Um, so uh, they all happen differently. Um, with Real Simple, USA Today, um, and I think there's one other one. I actually subscribe to the uh, ser- email service um, Haro or Haro, it's H A R O, and it's help a reporter out. So you get three emails delivered to your inbox every day. And right now, um, there's probably like a list of sixty um, inquiries from reporters in in the daily emails. Um, and every one of the three daily emails, all sixty are different, and they're asking for sources for some of their articles. And so I religiously review that and reply to them. Um, as necessary. Um, so I've gotten picked up, like I said, by USA Today and Real Simple using that free <laughs> email service. Um, Oprah Magazine, um, I had the honor of meeting um, Adam Glassman, who is the creative director of Oprah Magazine at an event in New York where I was pitching my product. Um, same event where I pitched Mindy Grossman, the CEO of HSN, um, but I was invited back as an alumni. And so I had introduced my insoles to him and he had picked them up and showcased them in the magazine. Um, and because they were in the Oprah Magazine, um, Adam also selected them to be part of a View Your Deal on The View. Um and that uh, was a huge day in terms of sales. So, um, and because we performed well on that, we were also picked up by Good Morning America deals and seals. So I feel like one kind of leads into the other. And um, and I wouldn't discredit small media or small mentions either. So, you know, while those are kind of gangbuster and huge kind of um, media exposures, sometimes getting small local media exposure is, is just as valuable. 
Wow, that's awesome. What kind of like results do you get from that? So like, I mean, like, it, obviously it varies because, you know, the view is a lot different from USA Today, but like, what kind of like, I guess what, if I get featured on USA Today, like, what should I expect, if anything? And then like the same with the, the, the other places you've been featured. Sure. So um, like Good Morning America deals and seals and the view view your deal. I wouldn't consider those um, media placements, to be honest. Those are more like niche discount um, opportunities. So those I look at as kind of like sales channels. And if you can get picked up there, that's awesome. But if you offer you because you offer your product at a discount and, you know, it's a 48 hour sale and those sorts of things. So those are kind of flash sale opportunities. But in terms of like Oprah Magazine, um, when it came out in print, it was it's phenomenal to see your product in print. But um, you see a kind of a spike in sales for a bit, and then it goes back down. Um, so while print media is so nice and so um, kind of glossy, and you get you know it's just it's great, um, it's a great feeling. Um, I, those the benefit of that to be quite honest, lasts less than being featured even on like a blog, like a USA Today blog or a, um, in real, uh, real simple, it was an online article. It wasn't their print publication, but they feature it occasionally. Um, like it rotates every six months. And so I'll see a spike of traffic from real simple and sales from real simple because they've re they've, re-upped that article and, and featured it in a, either a sidebar or as a smaller article on the homepage. Um, so online media tends to have a longer shelf life, um, and could get reused more often than print media. Wow. Cool. That's, that's really interesting. So like when you say like a big boost of sales, like what kind of, like what kind of numbers are those? Is that like over $10,000 or like more than that? Um, I would say in general, it would like the total boost would be $10,000. So, um, and that's from a big publication like Oprah magazine. Yeah. Um, now I will tell you that I was mentioned, I was a a part of a product roundup, so it wasn't like a big feature. I was one of, I think eight, uh, fashion picks, um, featured in, in the magazine. So, and it was also in the, um, August, September issue. So it was like a combined issue. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's great exposure and it's great social proof and it's, you know, so while I can't, and with print, it's hard to allocate direct sales cause you have no idea where they're coming from. Um, I didn't offer a discount code, so it was hard to track, but, um, with, with those, it's just like being an Oprah magazine obviously has afforded me a ton of opportunities and it provides a ton of social proof. So well, I can't necessarily allocate what the value of that opportunity is yeah, totally. um, like I can with online. Cause you can see, you know, where your traffic sources are coming from. I, I bet that's really awesome to see your product in print. And now before we sign off, like, do you have any other closing thoughts or words of advice for other e-commerce entrepreneurs out there, whether they're in your place or just starting out? Sure. Um, don't be intimidated. Um, don't compare yourself your beginning as an e-commerce store operator to someone else's middle, um, <laughs> which is hard to do. But if you're just a, a newbie brand, uh, live in that space for a while and decide who you want to become before you iterate and don't get discouraged. I mean, it's, I was not making very many sales at all. And if you truly believe in your product, um, I think it's your mission and your duty to bring that up and uh, make sure that people who need your product see it. Yeah, 
I think that's the most common theme within like the like successful e-commerce entrepreneurs, right? Like they didn't really ride some rocket ship in like three months to like 100K a month. Like, no, they like slowly like doubled here and there over time. And just yep. like a lot of consistent growth and a lot of failure, but then they learn from that failure and they're where they are today. And they're this big brand that you see that you think like, wow, this is so huge. I want to be them. But like, you don't see what actually went into it, which was a whole lot of work. Right. Everyone starts at zero. And I love that point about failure. Like I, um, if one thing I've learned about this, this journey is to welcome failure because there are so many lessons learned in it versus fearing it. And I feel like you grow as a person and as a brand when you're able to, um, learn from your mistakes and not be afraid to make them. Totally. Awesome. Uh, where can we go to learn more about you and your company? Sure. So you can learn about Vivian Liu at Vivian Liu, V-I-V-I-A-N-L-O-U dot com. Um, and you can learn about me actually at Abby Lou Walker, A-B-B-Y-L-O-U Walker, W-A-L-K-E-R dot com. And I've actually just launched a book that details my journey from leaving corporate America to starting this um this Vivian Liu uh, opportunity and covering my lost salary. So it kind of traces my, it's a memoir of sorts, but it traces my journey from corporate America to successful entrepreneur. Ooh, I'll have to check out that book. And (laughs) (laughs) I'll link everything in the show notes below so everyone can check out those links, your websites and your book. Well, thanks again for coming on the show, Abby. Absolutely. Thanks for listening. Let me know what you thought of this episode by leaving a review on iTunes. If you want to hear new episodes, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. If your email marketing is stuck and you want to make it better, you can learn more about working with me at wavebreak.co. That's all for this episode. Thanks again for listening. I really appreciate it. I'll see you next week.